I'm like, what's what's going on in my life? Like literally just, we just work all the time. We just work all the time. We like podcast and then we work on more podcasts. That's our lives. <laughs> God. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Oh my God. <laughs> you are not wrong. But also like we're both now like full-time employees yeah like we're both regulars which is exciting it's exciting it's listen we're doing our best (laughs) we are we are doing our best we're gonna still try to continue this because we think it's fun and it's yeah entertaining and we like doing it we're just what I, i what i say earlier i can't believe today is still going on I feel like I've lived like two days in the past 24 hours. Like that's, that's the vibe. Exactly. The upload schedule is just going to be a little irregular for a Mm -hmm. little bit until we get a handle on things, but there's no need to panic. Hi, I'm Lydia. And I'm Sonika. And welcome to Pop Rocks and Tea, a podcast about all things pop culture and all the tea that comes with it. Today, we are going headfirst into <laughs> the most dramatic movie mm-hmm. of, um, of the season, of the year, perhaps? I would say of the year. This rollout has been going on for a while, for Don't for Worry Darling. Like. Yeah. Since it was announced, I think there was a lot of hype for this movie because Olivia Wilde did so well with Booksmart, which yeah. if you've not seen Booksmart, please go watch it. It's like one of the best oh, like coming-of-age high school movies, like I think ever. I agree. A classic. Yeah. And I think people were really excited to see how she was going to follow that up. And... You know, especially with all the whirlwind romance rumors with Harry Styles. And then, you know, the behind the scenes drama came out. And, you know, before before we get into it, I just let me let me use a sports analogy, because that's what Lydia and I were talking about um, before recording. (laughs) If you are good at finance maybe don't decide to go and play basketball. <laughs> so Olivia, if you're good at teen comedy, you know, that kind of drama, maybe don't do psychological thriller. Yeah. This was just such a genre shift for her. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't great. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> I did not think it was great. Yeah, I I feel like that's still, like, not great is still putting it nicely. I had to go watch it and review it for work. And I think I'm, like, sitting in the movie theater, like, alone, right? Like, I have my phone on my lap just in case I want to take notes. And I think the most telling sign for me of how bad I thought this movie was was the fact that I so badly wanted to check my phone during it. Oh, no. And the only reason I didn't was because I knew I had to write this review. But I think if I just gone as a casual viewer, I probably would have checked my phone. And I don't think I would have cared if I had missed a scene. Yeah, honestly. I think if this like just kind of came on, like if I was just kind of like, oh, I need to throw something on, like – I'm really bored. I have nothing to watch. Like, and I would just throw this, like, I wouldn't have probably paid attention the whole time. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's a psychological thriller or it's supposed to be. Yeah. And like, that's not the kind of like background noise kind of movie. You know? Right. Genre. Like yeah. the mystery should grab you from beginning to end. And the way that I've been talking about this movie, at least like with people that I know is like, I would equate it to a bad episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Because there is, like, a technological aspect to it. It's very dystopian. It's a lot of mysterious things going on, and you don't really know how they all connect. 
But the way that it pans out, the way that things finally transpire when you get to the end, it just fell so flat. Like, I think it was trying to say something really big, but it ended up saying nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this episode will have spoilers for the movie. So if you have not watched it yet, Honestly, don't watch it. Just, like, listen to this podcast. <laughs> On Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to do our best to sum up the whole thing. So, you know, we're going to just end up spoiling it for you anyway if you're not interested yeah. in watching it. Save your coin. Don't go watch it. Just, we got you right here. Olivia Wilde's made enough money off of this. Like, she took our <laughs> money. Please don't give her any more money. This movie probably shouldn't have gotten as big as it is. Like, I think if it had any other, like, roll out for a movie it would have just been swept under the rug but because of all the drama and we will get into the drama we had to go see it and so yeah yeah here we go let's get into the plot shall we <laughs> so it starts off in this little this little cul-de-sac there's all of these white women who are all in these like pretty little dresses and their perfect little houses with their Actually, none of the husbands are giving, except for Harry Styles, I guess. Um, by default. By, by default. default. Like, what are the other options? Like, Nick Kroll. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love um, Nick Kroll. Don't get me wrong. Do I think he's hot? No. no I'm sorry. Like, so, so they're all just living their perfect little lives, you know, kissing their husbands goodbye as they go to work. They're all alcoholics. It's insane ridiculously Um, oh my god yeah it's like 9 a.m and they're like let's go get a cocktail and i'm like what is happening there's day drinking there's night drinking there's day drinking into the night drinking like there's so much drinking there's no water in sight water in the pool no water in the glasses absolutely not no Um, well yeah they're all you know like taking care of like the household you know cooking meals and cleaning the bathroom and getting dressed up and going to the mall and gossiping and like the epitome of what is technically like a perfect wife in the most like stereotypical gendered sense yeah and so you have the main couple which is Alice, who's played by Florence Pugh, and then you have Harry Styles, who plays her husband, Jack, and Jack goes off to work for what is called the Victory Project. So the community they live in is called Victory, and then the men all go off and work on this super top secret project. All that they really explain is that they're like bettering tomorrow and like moving towards the future and progress. Like, buzzwords like that, but they never really describe what they do. What are we doing? Changing the world. What are we doing? Changing Changing the the world. world. That's right. Also so cringe that it's called Victory Project. I know, right? Like Like what? (laughs) Anywho, regardless of the name, the leader of the Victory Project is played by Chris Pine, and he plays this guy who... He immediately, when you first meet him at that garden party scene, like he just comes off as just your stereotypical creepy villain man who's just trying to control everybody in some way. And his wife is played by Gemma Chan. And you can tell that she's kind of like complicit in everything that he's doing, but I don't think she knows what exactly he's doing. Like there's a sense that she supports Mm -hmm. him, but she also doesn't really fully know what's going on. Frank has built something truly special. What he's created out here, it's it's a different way, a better way. None of the women really know what their husbands do. They're just told that they're, yeah, they're just told that they're bettering the world or whatever. And they just kind of believe it and like are not allowed to ask questions really. And everything, if they do ask, it's always like, oh, it's confidential, whatever. Yeah, I was like, Gemma, girl, why are you with this man? You know, I think every single person who has existed around men has seen a man like Chris Pine's character, Frank. You know, he's like your standard villain who just makes you a little uncomfortable. He's intimidating. 
he's like the guy that you don't want to stand up against. And Gemma kind of helps. She is complicit, but she also like doubles down on, on like um, promoting these gender stereotypes and norms because she like runs this like insane ballet class where she like makes sure all these women are like looking and like being their most feminine mm-hmm. selves, which is just weird and also like not really necessary to the plot honestly but yeah you know but you know it is what it is anywho yeah, back to the what plot. so you're introduced to this like life and you see jack and alice kind of being a couple together you can tell that they're really close because they fuck non-stop like there are too many sex scenes way too early on <laughs> i'm so sorry i forgot to tell you but you're not feeling very well and the only way to cure it is if we stay home all day and i tend to you and kiss you and cook for- bye okay so because of because i live in india and the indian censor board is like very active let me not get political <laughs> um i i like don't know what they cut out but there were like scenes of him eating her out on like the there's a scene of him eating her out on the dining table yes and then there was one of him like fingering her mm-hmm. can i say that on this podcast <laughs> we're already cursing i mean yeah 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 um in that during that like garden garden party yeah but i think that's it well i think that's i think that's pretty much it but like there's just a lot of like there's there's a lot there's like a lot of like you know um on your way to having oral sex yes (laughs) yeah yes but speaking of that one scene where he is where they're at the garden party and they start getting intimate and Frank is just like looming around the corner, watching them, eyeing, making eye contact with Alice. I was like, what is going on? And that's never explained. It's never okay. explained why he's oh my- doing that, why he's watching them fuck. It's so weird. I literally, I was like, am I stupid? Am I missing something? What was the point of that? Because why would she not like scream or like be like, Jack, get off me for a second? There's like someone there's in the room. <laughs> He's just like moaning and like looking at Frank. And I was like, I, and then I was like, are they having an affair or something? No, they're not. So like, what is going on? What is going on? Literally, it's never explained because then it just moves right on to the next scene, which involves the introduction of this character. Her name is, oh my gosh, what is her name? Why do I want to say Meredith? It's not. It's not Meredith. It's like Marie or like. Oh Margaret. God. Margaret. Black it's- woman in. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's the only one. She is the only black woman for the record. Margaret. Yes. Okay. So then we get the introduction of Margaret and Margaret had a son, but she and her son ended up going out of town and like into the outskirts of of the middle of nowhere and her child never came back. Um, There's also this like symbolism with a toy airplane that comes up and like ever since she went out there, Margaret has been kind of losing it a little bit and we don't really know why. And you could tell that, and then Alice sees her and she's in a lot of distress and she's like, you, you know, like something's wrong with this place. And Alice is like, what? Alice, like, at this point, like, the only weird thing going on with Alice is that she has this random song stuck in her head and she doesn't know why and, like, no one else recognizes the song. Which, like, same. <laughs> like, yes. Am I am I in the Victory Project right now? <laughs> oh, man. If so, where is Harry Styles? Where is Harry Styles? That's a good yeah. question. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's all we kind of know. And then you kind of watch... Um, Alice kind of go about her daily life and she starts to pick up things and notice things that are really off and she ends up seeing a plane crash out on the outskirts of town and she's like hey a plane just fucking crashed are you not going to do anything about this like we need to go help that person like somebody's you know in that plane and the the bus driver was like no I cannot go out there this is the end of my route if you want to go out there go out yourself and so she goes and she gets to victory headquarters and 
she like puts her hands up on the glass and all of a sudden you're taken into this like acid trip of a vision. I, I That's the only way I can describe this. There's like eyeballs and yeah. dancing ladies. Blood. <laughs> They're never explained. Blood. Just things well, that make no sense. Here, here. This is why I don't think you need to go watch the movie. You can just watch the trailer. Because I think the entire movie is in the trailer and none of the questions that would come up in the trailer are answered in the movie. And when I, when I watched the trailer, honestly, I, because I get scared easily, I was like kind of nervous to go on my own. Um, and Lydia was literally texting me. She's like, girl, this movie is, I was like, it's not scary. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't do horror movies. Like I hate horror movies. I hate jump scares. I hate all that shit. Like Mm. if I say it's not scary, it's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But the only like freaky esque thing was these weird dancers, these like weird creepy dancers that are in the trailer. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like, who are these women? Why are they dancing? Like, it's like... It's never explained who they are. It's the same ballet as what they're, like, learning. But, okay, cool. Who are the women? They look like cabaret dancers from, like, the Ziegfeld Follies. Like, that's what they look like. Like, like, they have, like, the glittery outfits and they're doing, like, kicks and, like, I don't know. It's so weird. They're in, like, tutus but, like, not doing ballet. It makes no sense. No fucking sense. Yeah. And, like, at what, some points, like, there is, like, a little bit of, like, jump scare-ish moments. Like, they're trying to do a jump scare, but it doesn't really come to fruition where, like, one of the ladies, one of the dancers, like, will come up to the screen really close and it kind of looks like the Duke. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is probably <laughs> the closest thing that this movie is to scary. Yeah. Because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Am I wrong though? Like that's what it looked like. No, that's so true. That is so true. Yeah, no, made no sense. Also, I'm sorry. What the fuck? How do you just touch a building and that happens? Like that's yeah, she doesn't even go inside the building. She touches the glass on the outside and just cocks this, out. This like, is like a, a what? spaceship like looking It's not even a like it's just at the top of this like canyon like mountain yeah but you know it's like dry <laughs> dry <laughs> desert mountain you couldn't think of the word desert dry <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you built like a little like disney ride like space it looks like space mountain space mountain little like yeah yeah, yeah thing and just put it on top of a desert mountain and then she just touches it and like hallucinates and then, like, is somehow, somehow at home, like, wakes up. She's at home in her bed. Harry, st- um, <clears throat> Jack, is, like, cooking dinner. Doesn't know how to cook. But because he's, like, a wife guy, he's, like, oh, my God, I'll cook for you. And then we can fuck. Um, yep. And he sings potatoes. <laughs> he's, like, potatoes. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Why? <laughs> Why? So cringe. Yeah, it was very weird. And, like, the whole time he's trying to convince her that, like, nothing happened and she's just confused. And then a lot of weird instances like that Mm -hmm. with all these visions keep coming up. So she's in that creepy dance class Mm -hmm. with Gemma Chan's character and, like, all the other characters. And she has a vision that she sees Margaret in the glass. And Margaret starts banging her head against the glass and starts, like, bleeding out of her head. very black mirror. Yes, that was, yeah. Yeah. Very Black Mirror. And it's just like never explained and it never happens again. Yeah. Well, okay, so she ends up going home. I don't remember exactly when this happens, if this is after the ballet class. Yeah, I think it was after the ballet class. But she sees, she's like going home or just like doing laundry or whatever outside, like hanging up sheets. And she sees Margaret slit her throat and then fall. She's standing on the roof, slits her throat and then falls off the roof. Very dramatic, very A24-esque, very, it was giving Midsommar. I saw a tweet that was like, oh, this is the second time I've seen Florence Pugh watch somebody commit suicide in a movie. And that's. Yeah. It yeah. Was like, 
it honestly was so unoriginal looking. <laughs> yeah. And it was over in like two seconds. And then like all these men in like red jumpsuits come and like pull her away. And they're yeah. like, oh my God. Like, like she's like, no, that's my friend. Like, let me go. And obviously- red jumpsuits were giving Squid Game. It was giving was- us that movie, Us. Yes. Yes. Like yes. that had to be an Us ripoff for sure. One of one of many ripoffs in this movie. But, Honestly. Um, yeah. So then she sees that. She's like freaking out. And she they call like the one doctor for this entire community who's like suspicious as hell. Um, yeah. And like in cahoots with Frank, Chris Pine. And he's like, oh, it's just exhaustion. Here are these pills you can take. And she's like, no, I don't want to take the pills. And then she tries to steal. She sees um, Margaret's file in his briefcase. She steals it only to find everything in it blacked out. Once again, what was the point of that scene? It, it amounted to nothing. She ends up throwing the file in the fire and nothing ever comes of that again. And I don't think Margaret is brought up really after this point. Like, like only once, but like not in a significant way. No, it was just kind of like to mention like, oh, you're starting to act like Margaret. But after yeah. that, like Margaret yeah. is insignificant. Mar- her child is insignificant. Anything that happened with like. Oh, her child, I forgot about him already. The the <laughs> airplane, like everything about that is completely forgotten. Like yeah. in the second half of the film. Yeah. And then we go to the cabaret scene. This is probably the most entertaining scene in the movie, but not because it's a cabaret, but because the performances are just so bad in it. It was doing the most. I was like uncomfortable watching the scene. Yeah. So basically it's just like this big party with all of the couples in the victory project and uh, Chris Pine, uh, Frank pulls Jack up on stage and tells him that he's being promoted And the entire time, Harry Styles just has this, like, deadpan look on his face. He does not look excited, even though he just got this, like, big promotion. Like, he's giving nothing in the face. But then shortly after this announcement comes probably one of my favorite parts of this scene, which is Harry Styles tap dancing in these, like, he's dressed in, like, obviously, like, it's, like, 1950s, like, evening wear. So he's got, like the big suspenders, like a cummerbund, like, so he looks like, (laughs) like, just imagine, like, Harry Styles with, like, a white button-down shirt and then, like, pants up to his, like, his ribs. High-waisted. Like, high-waisted. And he's just dancing like a clown at the circus. Like, it is the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. I was crying tears of laughter this scene is so funny if you do plan on seeing this movie that is the best scene in the movie in my opinion it was just so entertaining to see this man who cannot tap dance like he has a little bit of the footwork down but like he cannot tap dance and he's doing like the kick flips yeah and it's like a deadpan face the entire time like he looks like he's being tortured yeah and like yeah, that's like what it's like, like. You know those like strings. It was like puppets. he was being pulled by like a puppet master or something. Like that's what it just it, it just was so awkward. And it comes out of nowhere. Like no one asked him to do this performance. We didn't even know that his character could perform. Like what? he just is like they're like, come on, Jack. And then he's like, okay, just started. <laughs> I, I like our words cannot even do it justice. Like it must be seen. If there was a YouTube clip out there somewhere, like we can link it below. Once again, the reasoning behind this, why? Why was it? It's never explained. Like it doesn't make sense for it to be just like for it to be humiliating because so during this scene, Alice goes to the bathroom and like starts having a mental breakdown because she wants to go home. And Olivia Wilde's character, she's just another mom who's like Alice's neighbor. She's like, this is like your, the biggest night ever for your husband and you're sitting here ruining it. Meanwhile, her husband is out there like. (laughs) Making a clown out of himself. Like problem with the editing, number one. Like this scene is like this serious moment between these two friends, like one friend telling her other friend, hey, I think you're losing your mind. 
your husband is out here working really hard and you're not supporting him. Yeah. What's going on? Why can't you tell me what's going on? Like, it's a serious moment. And it's juxtaposed with Harry Styles dancing like a clown. It doesn't work. It, does it just sense. takes the seriousness away from the entire scene. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was like, he's a singer. Why didn't they make him sing? Why is he dancing like an idiot? I know. I thought he was going to sing so when he was too. on stage. I thought so too. My only guess is that it's because he's good at singing and it he wouldn't have looked as ridiculous. But he still could have like sang and like had that tortured wait. Actually no, he couldn't have sang and had a tortured look on his face because that would mean that he is good at acting. <laughs> Like, I don't know. They could have made him sing a song that, like, fit the mood of, like, what Bunny and Alice are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It made no, absolutely no sense. Right. But, yeah, after that scene, there's, like, a couple of more different instances of of Alice hallucinating and trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And she's going nowhere with this, by the way. Like, I think this was the point where I was, like, I'm bored. Like, okay, she hallucinates, we see the dancers, then she, then no one believes her, and then she, like, freaks out. And it was, like, the same thing over and over again. And then they have the dinner scene where she finally confronts Frank about lying about everything, and she's like, I know that you're up to something, like, in, in front of everybody at this dinner. And, of course, Frank denies everything, tries to shut it down. He's using you. He's using all of us. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Is that why you went out there? But yeah, so after this confrontation, of course, everybody leaves, all the guests leave, and Jack and Alice just kind of like start fighting. And he just gets thrown into a rage. And like watching Harry Styles rage is kind of funny. Like, (laughs) so funny. Oh my God. Honestly, that was my favorite part of the entire movie because it's the scenes where there's supposed to be so much like tension build up and it's supposed to be really intense. And I really think Olivia was like, oh, people are going to eat this shit up. Like they're going to be so into these scenes and so invested. Girl, I could not stop laughing. I gave you all of this, Alice! He just like, I think um, this is... I I forget exactly where I like heard this from, but I just remember somebody being like, I feel like Harry Styles watched a compilation of like great acting performances from men. Like it was a cop, like let's say he watched a compilation of like, you know, Christian Bale (laughs) or like Heath Ledger, like, and like all those types of performances where they go from zero to a hundred, like real quick. And he just thought that he could do that and thought that that was good acting. And it's not because it makes zero sense, especially next to Florence Pugh, who like Florence Pugh is the best thing in this movie. I think that's not like a new thing to say. I think it's been said. But when you put the two next to each other, it's so distracting to see a good actor being a good actor and then a bad actor really, really, really failing at it and had it been anybody else that's a thing right it's like there's so many other people who you could have picked for this role who are not your boyfriend yeah and just like brought star power without it costing Right. Your movie. Like, you could have brought in anybody. Like, it didn't even have to be Shia LaBeouf, who Shia LaBeouf was the original choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, the rumors are, you know, that he either left or was fired. That's not our job to speculate. But either way, he was removed from the project, and they put Harry Styles in instead. And I think there was a little bit of, like, favoritism there (laughs) because – there are to- there are so many different actors that you could have gotten to fill this role, especially like he's the male lead. He's supposed to be this guy that's supposed to be like very caring about his wife, very doting and like like cares about her deeply and wants her to have a really good life and wants to provide for her. But like 
this performance was not giving that. <laughs> I didn't believe him for a second that he was trying to be this character, if that makes sense. The only times he his affection was believable was when he went to eat her out and his <laughs> head was out of the shot. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I really cannot. Yeah. So, okay. Back to the plot. They have this confrontation. <laughs> and Harry Styles is, like, yelling a lot. He's like, I really want to leave. I want to, like, leave this place. She's like, let's get out of here. Like, I want to yeah. leave. Can we please leave? And eventually he gives in. And he's like, okay, let's pack a bag. We'll leave tonight. So they pack their bags. Mm-hmm. And they get into the car, and shortly after they they get into the car, uh, Alice is like, why aren't you starting the car? Like, let's go. Why aren't we starting the car? And all of a sudden, the guys in the red jumpsuits come out and grab her and take her away. And then <laughs> that's this when he does the, the shaking of the steering wheel. Yeah. That That's the climax. Like, the start of the climax is Harry Styles shaking the wheel extremely comically. So that'll tell you everything you need to know about this week of this movie. Yeah. So then she's taken away. She is taken into this hospital room where she's in like a hospital gown. She's like tied down to this hospital bed and she is getting like electroshock therapy. And she starts to get these flashbacks from what I guess is supposed to be a past life at this point. You you think it's like a past life, but it's, it's like an alternate reality yes and it's an alternate reality that's set in present day like the filter and like the clothes and the things of the 1950s is completely gone in these flashbacks it's supposed to be like her and you kind of see her like as if she were just like an everyday like nurse in a hospital like she walks around in like scrubs and you kind of get a glimpse of like where she's living and like what she's doing and but you don't really get much right off the bat but you also kind of see like her dynamic with jack in that universe yeah and how it's a little little trippy because she's getting this electroshock therapy and then suddenly she becomes the doctor and then you realize oh something's happened there's like a flip and she's just kind of live she's like yeah living life normally in this like dingy little apartment with jack who is still her husband but I mean, he looks like an incel. He looks, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's like this scraggly, scrawny little guy with like a beard, and his hair is all grown out, glasses. Like he, like has not showered in days for sure. Mm -hmm. Like if he was not married, he would be living in his mom's basement with a computer with three different monitors and a rainbow light up keyboard. Mm -hmm. Mm Mhm. 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 That's the best way I could describe it. Um, you can, you know, do infer what you will with that information. <laughs> yep. But in these flashbacks in the hospital, it seems like they are really in love with each other. It seems like they have a good relationship. It, I, I disagree. It's like you can tell that they had a good relationship in this past life, but she comes back home and... He, he's like, I haven't eaten yet or whatever. And she's like, why didn't you eat? And I was, I was waiting for you. Basically, like, he, like, needs, like, the woman to, like, take care oh, yeah, of him, you're I right. think, is the yeah. point. Like, he's, like, incapable of, like, making a decision of, like, what to eat or, like, taking that initiative. So I think it was very much so trying to show, like, men are – unable to perform basic human duties without women (laughs) which again we'll get to like the complete message in a few minutes but so she gets back from the hospital again just kind of like is magically back in her house yeah 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 she just kind of like is back at the house with jack yeah and she's like oh, like, I think I'm, she, like, thinks she's starting to feel better or whatever. And she's looking radiant. Yeah. <laughs> um, And, you know, doing some housework, whatever. And all of a sudden, 
Jack starts singing the song that she's been hearing in her head this entire time. And then it all comes suddenly flooding back to her. Um, What happens? So what had happened was in this other reality where the they were living together and she was a nurse. She just got fed up with him because he was being lazy. He wasn't taking care of himself. He expected her to take care of him. And she was like, I literally am so tired. Like, he's like, oh, come on. Like, don't you want to like have some fun and like fuck or whatever? And she's oh, like, yeah, I think he wanted to have fun yeah, again. Yeah. And she's like, no, I just worked a 30 hour shift. I need a shower and I'm exhausted, which like as two hardworking girlies, I felt that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, no, I need my eight hours, Mm -hmm. please. Um, Yeah. And he just won't take no for an answer. He's kind of just like, what the hell? Like he's being a little bitch Waited all day for you, like all this crap. And she's like, no, I just want to go to bed. And like they have this argument. And then after she ends up going to bed, he starts – typing away on his computer and he goes on to listen to something called the victory project and you hear frank's voice and he starts spouting all this stuff about like like come into this new reality where you can like be whoever you want we're gonna move towards progress and like all these other buzzwords that frank and have like a perfect life basically yeah and then what ends up happening is jack then tricks alice into well he drugs her yeah i think he drugs her puts her to sleep and then they both hides her like straps her down Mm -hmm. so she's like bound to the bed yeah not in a sexy way no (laughs) like a like you're in a hospital and you're in a psych ward like yeah 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 and they both get these things put on their eyes to like pull their eyelids back and like it's like this technological like thing that I guess goes into their brain I guess so here's the thing right it was giving very sci-fi but like without any understanding of like what goes into sci-fi and how to make it believable how to make it realistic like no research was done it was just like oh this is like fine this is like good enough it was like very half-assed this entire scene and like the thinking behind the scene yeah I, I would say like that's when the movie kind of takes like a black mirror-y turn because the mm-hmm. technology is introduced and then they're both kind of put into like the the victory project is essentially a mind simulation <laughs> where the man pulls his wife in and they can have like the perfect life and the perfect opportunity, but it's not real. It's a digital reality. It's not quite clear. <laughs> it's it's like the life where he gets this random job that like he doesn't even know what he's doing. It's just something that he gets so that it feels as though he's providing for his wife in the way it's like, you know, I was getting like, This man is so angry at the patriarchy that men have created and angry that he has to provide for his wife and like do all these things and isn't able to or like isn't competent enough to or whatever and is like taking that out on her when she's like successful and has her life together. So now he's just like basically he's like stolen her life just so that he can make himself feel better. He can make he can like satisfy his ego and and be like the provider do- yeah yeah do this pretend job while she does what she's supposed to do which is take care of him take care of the house cook clean and look pretty and serve him essentially yeah and first first thing is like it's never even established like what this fake job is <laughs> Like, we still don't know what he does for the Victory Project. We still don't know what it's accomplishing. We still don't know anything about the inner work. Like, what does he do for eight hours a day? We still don't know. But, yeah, that's that's the big twist that they're living in a simulation and she is trapped in this world and she has to get to headquarters in order to 
get out of the simulation. So she ends up killing her husband straight up. And um, it's like established that if you die in the simulation, you die in real life as well, which I don't understand. But that's fine. Because the simulation's fake. So why would you die in real life as well? Right. And then Bunny comes over and kind of uh, – and and Alice is like – she's like, what the heck? Like, what happened to Jack? Like, what, what what's going on? And she explains everything. She's like, do you – like, everything is fake. Like, nothing is real. Like, your kids aren't real. And she's like, yeah, I know. And Alice is like, she's you like, know? I'm- You've known? And she's like, yeah, I brought my husband into the simulation. She's like, why? <laughs> And she's like, well, because I wanted kids and I can't, I couldn't have kids in real life. And so here they're real. And Alice is like, but they're not even real here. Like, why would you do that to yourself? And she was like, I just wanted to, to be happy. But she's like, listen, you have a chance to get out. Like if you get to headquarters, like you can get out and you can be free, like get us out of all of this. And so that's what she decides to do. She gets in the car they have this big chase scene at the end where like all the guys in the red jumpsuits are in their cars chasing her. It's like fast and furious in the desert. And <laughs> and then she's like running up to the top of the hill and she's like in this, she's in like a dress. Like she's like the entire time she's like walking through and running through these other, she's in like these nice like tailored little yeah. 1950s like dresses. And then she finally gets to the top of the hill she, like, pauses for a second and, like, waits for them to kind of, like, catch up with her in order to, like, touch the glass, which I thought was so stupid. I'm like, why are we creating Rolling unnecessary yeah. tension? Like, we know she's going to make it. It's fine. And then she yeah. touches the glass. She has, like, like a second where she, like, like misses simulation jack or something i don't know but i was like he's dead so why like it's not like you can yeah there's like a image of them it's like it's the movie poster it's them cuddling together in the bed and she's like in love and like they have little flashback moments you and me always you and me and then there's like a flash where you get the confirmation that she's okay and it's her in the present day in the real world and she's like jumping and dancing around that she's free yeah and then that's how oh during this um cart case the victory community goes into like lockdown and Gemma chan for some reason um somehow snaps out of it and kills frank chris pine oh yeah yeah he does die I thought when he dies, like, the whole thing, like, would maybe crumble or the, like, red jumpsuit guys would, like, go away or something. Like, something. Literally nothing happens. Like, there was, like, no point of killing him. Yeah, there was, like, no consequences to that. Also, one thing I forgot to mention is when the chase scene starts, I think the best line comes out of Nick Kroll when like all the husbands are in the yard like arguing about like what to do like now that she's like running off and he goes shut up bill and i lost my shit (laughs) like his delivery on that like i'm so glad they got like an actual comedic actor because they needed somebody to break up this shit and nick kroll fucking delivered it was great I could watch that clip of him saying shut up bill on loop it's so good yes yeah but yeah, that is that is don't worry, darling. Is it a short summary? No, but there was a lot that needed to be unpacked. But let's get into the messaging now. Yeah. From what I've seen in interviews mm-hmm. with Olivia Wilde, because she did that big Colbert interview, she talks about how this movie is supposed to be about women standing up to the patriarchy and like not being contained into the roles that maybe society assign them and like pushing back on like male control in general. Mm-hmm. It is about her being brave enough to listen to the brave people who've come before her, who everybody else has ignored, mm-hmm. and to trust her instincts 
And she um, is the one who's brave enough to dismantle the system that serves her. And she's a superhero. I see what she was trying to do, but it did not work in execution work for me. At all. <laughs> at all. I mean, first of all, these women don't have each other's backs. The fact that you have to wait until Harry Styles turns into an incel to even understand that there is some feminist intention with this storyline, like... That's like the it's the two hour movie. You gotta watch like an hour and a half to get to that point. Even after that, it's not like at the end, you know, all of these women are liberated or these other women even know what's going on. Yeah. There's no real conclusion to it. Like you know that she makes it out, but you don't know about anybody else. And it's giving very white woman feminism the fact that I, I, like, can't really explain it, um, but just, like, the fact that Margaret was, I think, the only Black character. I I don't remember another Black character, if there was one. There definitely wasn't a woman. She's the only, there were only two women of color living in this community, one being Margaret, the other one being Gemma Shelley. Shelley, who's Gemma Chan. Yeah. yeah. Who has, like honestly such a small role and I think was so underutilized but you know it's just like weird that like this black woman is trying to tell this white woman that something's wrong and is made to be like the example of like what going crazy looks like and then when this white woman realizes this black woman is right she doesn't really help the other you know I don't know it's just yeah something like I don't I can't like put a label on what it is or isn't, but it just didn't sit right. And I don't really understand why the cast was not more diverse. It could have been. Because like, could have been, it's not like you're sticking to like the 90, 1950s, like, like this movie, (laughs) the only 1950s thing about this was like the dresses and the hair. Right. And it's literally not real. Like, it's not, exactly. story technically takes place in present day so you could have had a more diverse cast and they just didn't do it like it'd be different i guess if it was actually the 1950s and you yeah like maybe but and it was based in some kind of historical reality i don't know but there's literally no reason for this because this is not real it's literally not real so i i'm just like how did Olivia Wilde miss that? Um, it seems like a very obvious thing that people would point out. Um, so here's my thing. I think that all of the cast members got the script and all of them understood the plot very differently. Yeah. Like, I think Florence got it and she was like, okay, so I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to bring back my midsummer, you know, chaos and confusion and like dread and despair. And Harry Styles looked at it and he was like, oh my God, I get to work with my girlfriend. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. And he was like, ooh, let me go buy some tap dancing shoes. And that was it. And then he, and he was like, oh my God, I get to make out with Florence. While my um, (laughs) so that was him. Gemma, I think, took the script and she's like, "Oh, this is a serious psychological thriller. I'm going to take my role so seriously. I I don't care if I'm only in three scenes. I'm going to absolutely be the most. I will steal the steal the show. Nick Kroll got it, and he was like, "You want me to do a couple of one liners? Great. Yeah, cool. I'm down." Just, just glad to be yeah. here, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, oh, oh, one thing I almost forgot. He kisses Harry Styles in this? Yeah, yeah. Now I understand why they kissed during... Oh, during the press tour. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. that confused me. Like, I saw the video of them kissing in real life, and I was like, weird, but okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And then the scene number one, they kiss in the movie. And I'm like, what was the point of yeah. that? Literally that no was, point. That was, that was Olivia's like, oh, this is LGBT representation. 
let's 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 queer bait a let's little bit bait. like just a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh hang on chris pine i like don't want to give his acting any props because i feel like that's just how white men are i don't think he really tr- he, I, he wasn't trying like i've seen chris pine act and he was not trying he he like he like squinted his eyes into like a evil smolder i think his like <laughs> hair gel was doing more work than he was the man had um, no eyes the entire time he was just squinting yeah. he was just squinting and then like speaking in like a monotonous voice yeah and i was like and like lurking yeah you did a lot of yeah. lurking basically in conclusion this movie is a big old mess it tries to tell a story and it tries to convey a message and it just kind of falls flat on its face. The performances range to, you know, Florence Pugh on the one end, like really giving it her all and Gemma Chan also like really, really trying to just Harry Styles being downright goofy. Um, The editing is a little choppy and it makes no sense sometimes with the way that things are edited together and a lot of the imagery while it is well shot like it's a beautiful looking movie it's like it's like aesthetic but nothing new yes exactly it doesn't do anything creative it doesn't do anything that we haven't seen before and Overall, it's just, it's not going to be something that people remember. People are going to remember the insane press tour and the drama Mm -hmm. surrounding it rather than the movie itself. And, you know, one could say maybe that was on purpose. One could say maybe it's just a coincidence. But either way, I think the superior Olivia Wilde movie is Booksmart. So go, please watch Booksmart. Um, If there's anything Mm -hmm. that you take from this, please go watch Booksmart. And, um, yeah, this was, darling, you don't need to worry about this. Like this. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into this (laughs) crazy review of this movie. We knew that, like, we wanted to do an episode on this, but, like, we, we knew we had to do it justice, and so we knew we had to just like dedicate an entire episode to this. So thank you for being patient so that we can make this and thank you for listening to it and listening to our other episodes. If you haven't already. Yeah. You can listen to us on all the major streaming platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Amazon music, and, and anchor. (laughs) Yes, of course. So you can go ahead and subscribe on there and like follow or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you got to do to be notified when we drop a new episode. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Pop Rocks and Tea Pod. Um, as always, if you guys have thoughts or comments or anything you'd like to share, you can go ahead and DM us over there and we will feature you on our page. Um, We love to hear from you guys and we would love to hear your thoughts, especially if you had different thoughts on this movie. Oh, and send us memes. We love seeing the Don't Worry Darling memes. They've been so good. Always. Always send us memes. (laughs) But yeah, until next time, get some Pop Rocks, drink some tea, and don't marry an incel. Because you might end up in the victory project. <laughs> Ladies. A great life lesson. Vet your hinge dates, okay? If he's unemployed, don't do it. You're going to end up in the victory project. This was a cautionary tale. Now I understand. It was a cautionary <laughs> tale. <laughs> oh, man. Alrighty. See you next yeah. time. Bye. Bye.